1: When I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize this assignment's going to prove that sometimes the only way to catch the right guy is to chase the wrong one. Morning, Commissioner. You sent for me? Steve, ever hear of a gent named Karen? Karen? Sure. He ran a river taxi, ferried the souls of the dead across the river Styx. He was in Greek mythology. This one's in Mexico City. Come um, again? Mr. Karen, he calls himself. He's a cold-blooded killer, Steve. An assassin for hire. and mixed up in half a dozen international murders. And has given us nothing but trouble during the past few years. I want you to go to Mexico City to find a man named Felipe Alvarado. He says he has all the information we need to nail Karen. Alvarado's been playing a game of hide-and-seek with us. He wants to make a cash deal before he does any talking. For $50,000, he'll put the finger on Mr. Karen. So it's up to me to find him and convince him we don't do business that way. <laughs> Real cinch. Get to Alvarado. Get the evidence we need to nail Mr. Karen. But don't waste any time. If Mr. Karen hears of the deal, he'll be looking for Alvarado, too. Or you. Well, that's it, Steve. You've got your assignment. Good luck. <laughs>
0: The National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment. One of the most important functions of a radio network is the quick dissemination of news. When you listen to the NBC radio network, you can depend upon expert news reporters, analysts, and commentators to bring you all the important news whenever and wherever it happens. And you can depend upon NBC for full coverage of all major news events. At home and overseas, NBC employs reporters in all of the important news-making cities of the world. And via the worldwide facilities of major news-gathering agencies, NBC can give you important news flashes as soon as they're received. So when you want the best radio news coverage, be sure to set your radio dial to this NBC station.
1: Sure, I've got my assignment. Get down to Mexico City and persuade a gent named Felipe Alvarado to hand over the evidence we need to grab off an international killer known as Mr. Karen. It's early Friday evening when my plane sets down and one of our boys, Jeff Sloan, meets me at the airport. We hop into his car and drive over to a quiet residential district on the outskirts of town. There's a house up ahead, Steve, left-hand side of the road. Mm, Some layout. You uh, sure he's the man we want, Jeff? Yeah, he's Felipe Alvarado, all right. When did you get a lead on this place? Just an hour ago. The local law is cooperating. They have men watching the villa. That one of them up ahead there under the trees? Yeah, let's check him. Uh, Good evening, Senor. Sergeant Ruiz, this is Steve Mitchell. Ah, Senor Mitchell. Hello, Ruiz. Are men still inside? We've been here only a few minutes, but uh, he has not left the house during that
2: time. But he has had visitors. First was a woman. She entered the house some 15 minutes ago. Uh, she's still inside.
1: And the other visitors? Uh, one
2: other, uh, a man. He went in about five minutes after the
1: young lady. He was only inside the house for a few minutes and then come out again. You have anyone following him? She sure, she. Sure. How about the servants? Uh, they left the house at uh, 8 o'clock, a few moments before the young lady arrived. Okay. Well, here goes. You two wait here. open the heavy iron gates hurry up the path to the front door of the villa and I lean on the bell no answer I'm about to ring again when I notice the door is open just a crack the center hall is dark and the house is quiet too quiet at the foot of the curved staircase is a door a thin sliver of light under it sitting at a desk in a tall high backed chair is a gent in a white suit there's a surprised expression on his face, frozen there. He doesn't bat an eyelash. He can't. Steve, what is it? Looks like Mr. Karen beat us to it, Jeff. What? Holy smokes, it's Alvarado. Dead, all right, strangled. Cord wrapped around his neck. And look at the room, the shambles. Somebody gave this place a fast frisk. Including Alvarado. Look, his pocket's have been turned inside out.
0: The wallet's gone, too.
1: Yeah. And probably whatever evidence he had on Mr. Karen is gone, too. Come on, let's have a look around. That lady visitor Ruiz mentioned must still be. Hey, wait a minute. What is it, Steve? I thought I heard a noise. Sounded like it came from. Yeah. Door to the next room is partially open. Hey. Oh, great. Oh, Steve, is she? No. Mm -hmm. She's coming around. Oh. You okay,
2: Miss? Oh, my... my head.
1: Take it easy now.
2: Oh, my head. What? What happened? I was
1: just going to ask you that.
2: I was sitting there in the chair by the telephone. I heard someone come in. I started to get up and turn around. Something struck me on the side of the head.
1: You didn't see who it was?
2: No, it happened so quickly.
1: Steve, look over there. The French windows are open. Killer could have gotten out that way. Killer? There's been a murder, miss. Senor Alvarado.
2: Alvarado? Who is he? You don't know? Should
1: I? Yeah, sort of. He happens to live here. Look, who are you and what are you doing here?
2: Oh, I am Maria Montalba. I came to the house to use the telephone to call the garage down the road. You see, my car is stalled not far away. The man of the house led me in here and then went into the next room.
1: Oh, Alvarado had a visitor shortly after you arrived. Did you see him? No. Hear anything?
2: No, nothing.
1: Not even the door chimes?
2: No, oh, I don't
1: recall. Door might have been unlocked, Steve. He could have just walked in. Yeah, and he also walked out that front door a few minutes later, according to Sergeant Ruiz. From the looks of things here, it would seem our killer made his escape through this room after slugging Miss Montalba, then ducked out those French windows. But Ruiz has a man in the garden. Yeah, it could have happened before Ruiz's man got there.
2: Stay, Stay here with the girl, Jeff. I'll have a look.
1: I run out through the French windows across the flagstone patio and into the garden. I can hear Sergeant Ruiz shouting to his men close by, and then I think I spot someone moving along the back garden wall. As
2: I start for it, a short, heavy gent suddenly steps out in front of me and jams a gun into my ribs. I can hear it quickly.
1: Take it easy, Buster.
2: Quickly, I said. No. Do not move, senor.
1: Look, you'll never get out of here. The joint's
2: crawling with law. Take a sound. Silencio. Not one word, senor, or I pull the trigger. Senor Mitchell, where
1: are you? Maybe he went around the other side of the house. González, this way, Come with me here. Come on. Hey, You're be well not to cry out, senor. So, what happens now? Do I get what you gave that guy inside? I, senor. I did not kill him.
2: Although I confessed that was my reason for coming here, I was too late. He deserved to die this big Conradi. You mean Alvarado? You may have known him as Alvarado, but his real name was Conradi, the butcher of Barrio. And many wished him dead. Now, senor, move to the back gate.:
1: If you're innocent, you're taking
2: a strange way of proving it,
1: leaving it the point of a gun.
2: Where I come from, my reputation is a good one. I do not wish to jeopardize it by such an occurrence as this. Move, I said.
1: I move, all right, but not in the direction he's expecting. I throw myself back. It knocks him off. Balance. Oh. The slug whistles past my hair, and I dive for his gun hand, but my foot slips. I grab at his coat and his pocket tears off in my hand, as I plow into a mass of shrubbery. By the time I untangle myself and get to my feet, the little gent is long gone. you'll Senor Mitchell! Over here, Ruiz. Are you all right? Yeah. Except for a few scratches and a bum ankle, as they say in the movies. He went that-a-way. off after, him, I spot an envelope on the ground with the torn pocket. It's addressed to a Sr. Vasquez in a South American city. I went back to the house filling Jeff on what's happened and what I want him to do then. I put in a call to police headquarters. Ten minutes later, a gray-haired, wiry little gent named Captain Estacio shows up, and I take him into the room where the dead man is.
2: Yes, there's a great deal. Yet I would recognize him anywhere. This is Enrico Conrade.
1: Otherwise known as the Butcher of Mm Barrio? Who is he?
2: An evil man, Señor Mitchell. A most evil man. One of the most hated men in South America. He was chief of detectives there many years ago. And if I remember correctly, there were more than a dozen attempts on his life during his administration.
1: With so many people after his skin, he changed his name to Alvarado and came here. You know, Captain, this brings an interesting question to mind. Was this man killed as Alvarado or as Conradi?
2: You mean, did the killer come here seeking only revenge or was he after the evidence that would identify Mr. Caron?
1: If the motive was revenge and only revenge, there's a chance the evidence we want is still around. Uh, Still, look about you, senor.
2: The room was searched. That is quite clear.
1: Yeah, looks like it was Mr. Caron who did the job all right. Mm.
2: Uh, This this evidence, you see, exactly what is
1: it? I only wish I knew. It could be a photograph of Mr. Caron, some papers, a police file, probably. That would tie in with Conradi here, since he was once a cop. Well, Captain Estatio. Si, senor.
2: Phone call for you. Oh, thank you. I will be right back, senor Mitchell.
1: You take care of that little job, Jeff. Yeah, Steve. The man from the garage brought back Miss Montalba's car a few minutes ago. Simple repair job, they said. How simple? Loose wiring. They said it could have been done on purpose. I see. Where's the girl now? Police matrons with her. Nothing turned up in the frisk. What do you think, Steve? Her story could be true.
2: Oh, Senor Mitchell. Yeah, Captain. I have just received a report on the man who visited this house earlier tonight. The man seen by Sergeant Ruiz. Yeah, the guy who was only in the house a few minutes? What about him? He was followed to the Hotel International. His name is Dominic. Carl Dominic.
1: Okay, let's pay him a call. Later, Captain nastasio and I walk into the lobby of the Hotel International. The captain takes up a position near the elevators, and after I check with the clerk at the desk, I head up the stairs. Then, just as I reach the landing on the second floor, I catch a movement out of the corner of my eye. I duck, but not fast enough. A noose settles around my neck. Then it jerks a pipe. I claw at it, but it's no use. My head's pulled back, and I'm looking straight up into the ceiling light. It goes dimmer. Dimmer. Then it goes out. <laughs>
0: Steve Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment in just a moment. If your child can run and skip and jump, he's lucky. Just think how you'd feel if he'd been crippled in last year's record infantile paralysis epidemic. More than 186,000 Americans, most of them children, were stricken by infantile paralysis in the last five years. And last year's polio epidemic was the worst on record. Polio took away the power of their hands and their fingers. Would you like to save 30 million children from attack by infantile paralysis? Well, it takes millions of dimes and dollars spent in medical research before a protective vaccine is discovered. Last year, the National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis went out to every man, woman, and child who needed help. And now your National Foundation is $7 million in debt. Yes, the 1952 blow of polio has got its fighters rocking on their financial heels. And remember, you can't fight your child's enemy just by wishing. It takes giving. You're giving. Take a walk now, won't you, so the polio-stricken may walk later... Join the 1953
1: March
0: of Dimes. Now back to Dangerous Assignment and Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
2: Mitchell! Huh?
1: Oh, Captain Nostalgia.
2: Yes. You, you fell apart way right down the stairs. I heard the noise and got here just in time to loosen the cord. Thanks. Did you see anybody around when you ran up to me? No, no, the hall and the stairway were quite empty. You were on your way to Carl Dominic's room at the time?
1: Yeah, could be he gave me a little
2: reception. Uh, in that case, senor, I suggest we return the visit at once.
1: We go back up the stairs to Carl Dominic's room. He turns out to be a tall, slender, elegant-looking gent in a dressing gown who keeps massaging his fingernails with a buffer.
2: Dominic, earlier this evening you visited a villa on the edge of the city.
1: Of course. The villa of Senor Alvarado. Why did you go there?
2: To discuss a small
1: business, dear. Oh. My card, Mr. Mitchell. Carl Dominic Fine Perfumes. Hmm. You see, Senor Alvarado had expressed a desire to enter into business of some sort, so it occurred to me that he might like to take a world at the perfume trade. I see.
2: And uh, that was the matter you discussed with him?
1: No. Uh Oh? After all, Captain Vaughn cannot carry on a very intelligent discussion
2: with a dead man.
1: I see. Your story is that Alvarado was dead when you arrived?
2: Of course. Quite and nasty sight. You you left the house at once? Indeed. Mm -hmm. Post haste, as the expression is. And without reporting the matter to the police? (laughs) Slight error of judgment, as I now realize.
1: Why didn't you report it? Well, as I told you, I am in the perfume business. And this affair, forgive me did not smell too good. I thought any publicity involving me with it might be very injurious to my professional connections. How did you get in? The front door, as usual. She says she didn't hear the bell. rather had told me over the telephone that the servants were out. He said he would leave the door unlocked for me, and it was. I did not need to ring the bell. I see.
2: Uh, senor, are you expecting a visitor?
1: Why, no, no. I don't see who it is. Just sit still, Dominic. I'll go.
2: But I... Well. Oh, bellboy. See, sí, these were ordered for this room, senor. Oh?
1: Okay, I'll take
2: them. Here. Gracias, gracias.
1: So here we have a tray, a cocktail shaker, and three martinis, Captain. Mm,
2: very interesting.
1: I thought you weren't expecting visitors, Dominic. I meant any more visitors, gentlemen. You see, I was expecting you. Indeed. Yes, indeed. As I was leaving Alvarado's villa, I saw a policeman following me. I knew it would be only a question of time before I received a visit from the police. Got all the angles figured, haven't you? <laughs> in my own modest way.
2: Uh, suppose you try an
1: onion in your martini,
2: or won't you rather have a stuffed olive? Huh?
1: Suppose you try a stuffed olive. We're leaving. Come on, Captain. <laughs>
2: most perplexing case, Mitchell.
1: Yeah, this Dominic is a cool cookie, pretty sure of himself. He could have knocked off Conradi and grabbed the evidence.
2: But who then hit the girl over the head and left by the garden?
1: Could be the gent I ran into in the garden, Vasquez, or else the girl was lying about getting hit.
2: And that, of course, is a possibility also. Here's another thought. Maybe Dominic killed Conradi, then slugged Maria
1: and opened the garden window to make it look like the killer left that way. But it seems to me if Dominic's the killer, he'd be long gone by now instead of pouring martinis for us in his hotel room.
2: Uh, come in. Come in. Oh, Sergeant Ruiz. Uh, Senor Mitchell. Uh, the man you encountered in the garden outside Conradi's village. Vasquez? What about him? The letter you took from his pocket he gave us his home address in South America. We investigated and found he's a prominent citizen of the same city where the dead man Conradi used to be chief of police. Oh? From well, what we could find out, apparently there was a scandal involving Conradi and Vasquez's wife. I see.
1: Captain... That looks like that sort of takes Vasquez off the hook.
2: Yes, his mother would have been clear in revenge. yet Conradi's killer tore the room apart looking for evidence on Mr. Caro.
1: Well, I guess that brings us back to the girl again. Uh,
2: but, Mitchell, bear in mind that at the time the killer made an attempt on your life with that news of Dominic's hotel, the girl was being held here at police headquarters. Yeah,
1: but it is possible she's working with the killer. She may have gotten into Conradi's villa with her story about a car breakdown so she could open the window and let the killer in. Look, why don't you release her and let me tail her? Right now it looks like she's our only lead. block leads start after, and it's a slim chance that the trail will lead anywhere, but right now I'm grabbing at anything which might possibly throw a little light on the deal, and suddenly I stop. A little light. Yeah. The little light I was staring at overhead when the noose was tightening around my neck. The deal begins to add up fast. I start walking again, and all of a sudden I've got a feeling I'm being followed. I spot a shadow in the doorway across the street. I speed up, turn into an alley, then I stop and hug the side of the building, and wait. Soon I hear someone easing closer. Then he turns into the alley. I spot the gun in his hand gleaming in the moonlight. I grab for it. Get back! Let me have it. Let go! Thanks. Yeah, just what I thought. My little friend Vasquez from the garden. It figured to be you. What do you mean? Dominic's taller than I am. You're the only short one in the deal. A little guy from behind me would have to pull down on the noose. That forced my head back, and that's how come I was staring up at the light overhead when I blacked out. I
2: had no choice, senor. I was afraid you would track me down.
1: I had to try and put you out of the way. Just like you were trying to do now. You know, Vasquez, what threw me off was the room being torn apart. You did kill Conradi for revenge, all right, then. Tore the room apart, not looking for evidence, but for a reason so obvious, we overlooked it. You wanted to make the motive look like common, ordinary robbery. See, si. In the process, you removed some evidence I want. Evidence that identifies an international killer known as Mr. Karen.
2: I took only a few
1: papers and some keys.
2: What did you do with them? I
1: threw them in the bushes
2: outside the walls of Canradi's villa.
1: Take me to them. All right. It doesn't matter anymore, anyway. To me, it does. Believe me. Come, I will show you.
2: It's about here, as I remember. See? Over there, against the wall behind the large bushes.
1: Yeah, I see the stuff. I got it. Some papers and keys. (laughs) You know, this key looks like one of a baggage locker. Five will get you ten. That's where the evidence is.
2: Thank you very much for finding it.
1: What? Dominic. Drop the gun, Mitchell. Alias Mr. Caron. Hmm. Exactly. You went to kill Conradi, but found out somebody else had done your dirty work for you. For another reason. Yes. Your friend Vasquez. I realize he must have taken the evidence about me, and that is why I've been following him. And now you have been kind enough to find it for me. Yeah. Mother's little helper. That's me. Drop the keys on the ground. Okay. Good. Now, over against the wall, both of you.
2: Bushes should hide your bodies very nicely.
1: Move. Vasquez and I start into the bushes with Dominic behind us. I push back a large branch and then I duck... back over me and into Dominic. The slug hits Vasquez. I hack at Dominic's wrist and his gun goes flying and he swings around. I lunge at him and shove hard. He goes back into the wall. That'll take a little starch out of you. my head! Well, after all, Dominic, (laughs) you had me up against a stone wall all through the deal, so I just returned the compliment the hard way.
0: Our star, Brian Donlevy, will return in just a moment. Daytime programming here at the NBC spot on your radio dial is tops in listening enjoyment. You'll hear Bob Hope, Dave Garraway, Meredith Wilson, Bob and Ray, Warren Hall, Burke Parks, and Tommy Bartlett every day Monday through Friday. So chase away your housework blues by setting your dial to the NBC radio network during the day. Bob Hope presents the finest in comedy listening as he teams with Bill Goodwin. Dave Garraway is sure to please with his bits of philosophy and the interesting records that he plays. And when it's time for Bob and Ray, you'll hear radio being kidded by those two boys from Boston who won last year's Peabody Award for comedy. Warren Hull presides over the show with the heart strike it rich. And Burt Parks is the master of ceremonies on Double or Nothing. So all in all, it's a day filled with the finest radio entertainment. So be sure to hear Bob Hope, Dave Garraway, Bob and Ray, Warren Hull, Meredith Wilson, Burt Parks, and Tommy Bartlett over most NBC stations every day, Monday through Friday.
1: Next week, Greece. A three-way chase. The guy in the front, the guy behind, and me, right in the middle.
0: That will be Steve Mitchell's Dangerous Assignment next week. Included in tonight's cast were Dan Riss, Tony Barrett, Eve McVeigh, Herb Ellis, and Jan Arvan. This is John Storm speaking. Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, with Herb Butterfield as the commissioner, is written by Bob Reif and Adrian John Doe, and is directed by Bill Carn. Be with us again next week at this same time, when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell, will embark on another transcribed Dangerous Assignment. Tomorrow, hear both Father Knows Best and Truth or Consequences on NBC.